0: everybody double check your
1: gear make sure it's all on board pray you didn't forget your bug spray on the rivers of the amazon
0: wow it's unbelievable
1: this river can kill you in a thousand ways in the waters of the anaconda there's a legend
2: Shama worship giant snakes as god's protectors snakes
1: no matter what
2: you see, this skin is three or four years old. Whatever shed, it has grown since then.
1: No matter what you hear, what was that? There's something down there. That's right. No, I really mean it.
2: I really mean it too. Faster! Come on!
1: No matter what you do.
0: Oh my God, Danny! He's
2: not breathing. No.
1: Star Pictures invites you on a journey into the grip of fear. <laughs> Anaconda.
2: These are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. (laughs) It's the best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) And that is what our podcast is, folks. The best thing since sliced bread, uh, especially without the crusts. Here we are, spoiler room. Thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and popping your favorite drink with us as we talk movie spoilers. And tonight, we are closing out Cinema Serpentes Month. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed this slither through some uh, snake cinema. And tonight, again, we seem to be ending the month on a J Lo film. I'm not. This is not a tradition, okay? Next month, trust me. Unless J Lo was in Sleepaway Camp, which I don't think she was. Um, you know, I know the remake, right? <laughs> <laughs> she could. I would watch the remake if JLo Lo was in it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, but yes, we are ending this month as well with a J Lo movie, uh, and it is the 1997 classic. <laughs> it quotes anaconda and tonight with me you heard his wonderful dulcet tones it is none other the man who keeps coming back for more my friend and right hand man it is none other than mr ian simmons hello ian how are you i'm disappointed mark
0: um the other snake movies we've watched this month which have been fabulous i, I feel like i feel like we're kind of ending on a weak note here <laughs> i i know I know, but, um, but but no, I mean they've all had S's in the names, I think, and now we're ending on
2: Anaconda. Anaconda. I can't, I can't do a hiss. <laughs> I, or how long do you pronounce it? And well, no, no, you, you got to change things up. I can't, you know, I you know th- got to throw throw the oddball film in there, and you know, I I, I couldn't end Cinema Serpentes Month without talking about one of the most more infamous snake horror films out there. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> for many reasons, and uh, yeah, it is Anaconda we are talking about, 1997, and Mr. Ian Simmons, go ahead, give us a synopsis of this uh, wonderful horror film. All right, here's the
0: synopsis. That's there you as go. As I'm going to get. Go. Um. All right. So there's a filmmaking crew going to the Amazon to look for the uh this lost tribe essentially and it's Mm -hmm. headed up by jennifer lopez who's the director um owen wilson is the sound guy carrie were there's a 90s flashback there's a 90s Um, flashback she's like the producer ice what does ice cube do he's the cameraman he's the cameraman okay i'm and then because at one point like i got confused because at the end Jumping ahead and spoilers, he they find the lost tribe and he's going to film them like, Wait, who's going to do the sound? So I got him mixed up. Yeah. Um, and then they've got this, uh, much like uh, snakes on a plane, you've got the, the this guy, this stuffy British guy, um, who's kind of <laughs> like the the snob and and causing trouble for everybody. Um, but he's the host, which is kind of brilliant, you know, the the well, here in the the Abazar looking for the, the the lost tribe, but he's really a jerk. Um,
2: and then they run into John Voight. Oh, <laughs> they run into John Voight, but before that, uh, you be- forgot to mention Eric Stoltz. He's in here as well. So I mean, this he's is asleep a- for most of the movie, which <laughs> I guess, I guess he's as you
0: might call it. He's the uh, character that the audience is supposed to most em- uh, rep- uh, empathize with. Empathize with, yeah. Yeah, he's the window to the world of Anaconda because he spends most of the movie asleep. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's like the explorer captain guy of this boat who's in a partnership with with JLo lo and and all this stuff and they run into John voight who is uh he's a snake bounty hunter but he's got some ulterior motives and Ooh. there's uh it was mateo is the yes. is the guy who's driving the boat and and he's kind of shifty and what's going on with him. But of course, there's uh along with the legend this lost tribe uh, is the giant anaconda steak steak snake snake um well anaconda. you do have snakes wow sure. yeah there you go. um but it's like supposed to be this huge thing that's you know legendary and savage and and all this business and sure enough they run into the anaconda john voight is not as he seems or maybe he is as he seems because he's slimy from the <laughs> out um yeah, but it would... it's pretty much alien in the amazon with a giant snake
2: yeah that kind of sums it up uh, kind of a cross between alien and jaws with the mm-hmm. giant snake because uh, we don't we don't get to see the snake for a good chunk of the film, the beginning of the film. Um, you know, we get bits we get s- glimpses of the snake uh, but we we don't get like full snake vision. Uh, <laughs> we get We get snake action about 16 minutes in. And then, uh, you know, 40 minutes in after that. So, I mean, they, they space out the snake action. Uh, but
0: it, it is one of those movies that kind of requires a second viewing, mm-hmm. I think, because it opens with the, the kind of the same problem that I think we've talked about this before. But Tom Savini, one of his big problems with the original Halloween film is that the POV shots that open it with five year old Michael Myers stalking his sister the POV camera is adult height as it's moving through the house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In in Anaconda, you've got all these snake POV shots, but they're like floating over the water and through the trees. And you're like, this thing was like mostly, you know, like water-based. But then you realize later on just how big this damn thing is and that it spends a lot of time in trees and is very agile. Uh, So that's why I say the first time around, you might be like, what am I watching here? And the second time, like, Oh, this, it's still stupid, but at least it makes some kind of logical sense.
2: <laughs> it's, its I mean, it's, it's not meant to be like a highbrow cinema at all. It's a monster film, right? It's, it's, it's a big studio trying to do a monster film. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is like this movie, like John Voight is so
0: crucial to this movie because if you don't have him, you don't have a movie. No, you don't. It's, there's like the snake does a couple of things it you know bites people like kind of does these cobra strikes and then it does the whole thing like we saw in snakes with a on a plane where it you know eats kind of head first
2: it wraps and then them it up wraps, it. yeah
0: it wraps them up and you hear the bones break but that's like the whole thing it's not even like alien where you know people die in interesting mysterious ways Is like oh yeah this is what it's going to do to all of these eight people now with the John Voight thing, he, especially with the Carrie Werner character, he takes her out. Like you think, oh, she's going to die. She's she's snake bait, but she gets it almost worse than anybody um, because of him. Uh, So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all that. I'm I'm sure. But I, I, I remember this coming out in 97 and not watching it for like a few years after, because of all my friends in art school, like you got to go see Anaconda. I'm like, a Fucking big snake movie. No, thanks. And then I rented it. And I'm like, what is this about? And then for the show, I'm like, well, I've never seen Anaconda before. And then I rented it. And I'm like, oh, I have seen Anaconda before. And I completely forgot about it.
2: <laughs> uh, it's, you know, the thing is, it is what it is. Watching it again. I've watched this film probably more times than I probably should have. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean. It's, it's for J-Lo. You can admit it. It's, you know. It's one of those things where, um, it's just one of those things where it's fascinating to watch because it—you can see it's trying, it's trying its best, it's really trying hard to be like the suspenseful snake killer snake film. And there are moments, but the most scariest moments, like you mentioned. Are really, when John Voight shows up, John Voight is the scariest thing in here. He's more scary than the anaconda <laughs> or the snakes in this film because uh Voight plays a fallen priest who is a guy who is out hunting snakes and he captures snakes for people poachers. Oh, you know, but
0: and and he's like he's like Paraguayan or something like that. He's got this accent. horrible like <laughs> Tony Montana accent um he's like fish
2: river style
0: like like puss in boots meets tony montana that's what he is
2: i don't understand why he had they had to do an accent i really
0: well i but i love his accent it's it's completely ridiculous i'm like what is he doing but i believe because it's john Boyd and he's kind of crazy i'm like i believe that he knew this person in real life and modeled this character after him (laughs) i like that his name is Paul uh, Sauron, Sauron, which I wrote yeah, down. Yeah, Sauron. which I wrote yeah. down in my notes is Sauron because I'm reading Sauron. Lord of the Rings: Two Towers <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm like, I want him to show up at like,
2: like his, his evil snake eye is like watching everybody. Well, what I love is the 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 film opened with this title card about anacondas. Oh, like they're justifying why you have a large anaconda in this film, and I'm like. The title card, you don't need it. It it's people in the Amazon and they run across a big anaconda. They put this text in the beginning, like making it educational. Well, anacondas can get up to 30 feet in the Amazon and it or big. I'm like, Why we don't care? It served, it really serves no purpose outside of trying to educate the audience, but it doesn't add anything because in the end it's just a monster film. It's not like you know. They didn't put a title card in front of Frankenstein going, you can't really bring someone back from the dead. But people have tried to piece pieces of someone together. You know? Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the other thing is like the second paragraph of that
0: opening title card is like, oh, and they'll sometimes eat their prey and then regurgitate it. I'm like, We're, I wonder if that's going to come <laughs> in, to <into> play later <laughs> in the movie
2: for shadowing. <laughs> bap, bap, oh, so bap. bad. Ah, uh, Bob is with us. He says, uh, should it be on a double bill with Geely? I wouldn't do that to Anaconda. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I would not do that to Anaconda. Uh, no, I've never <laughs>
0: seen Geely. I got to strike that off my bucket list at some point.
2: <laughs> and he, uh, Info Bob, also mentioned that Voight, he thinks, uh, is supposed to be like a mad scientist from the Peter Benchley tale, White Shark, which became the cheesy miniseries Creature. Uh, he might be he might be some kind of bastardized version of our uh, shark hunter in, uh, you know, Jaws or whatnot. But it just it, it he, he's the most fascinating character out of all of these, because JLo lo is uh, her character. There's really not anything to her character, unfortunately, the way they write her. She's just film director. OK, and even Ice Cube, who's in here and. That was one of the big draws to this. Was not only did you have J Lo in this, but you had Ice Cube in this film as well. So you had two big stars, you know, in the music world for sure. You know, had a big pop following in this movie. <laughs> you get Owen Wilson in here as the horny audio guy. Um, wow! Well, this—I
0: mean, Owen Wilson wasn't really Owen Wilson at this point. I mean, no, the he wasn't. Rocket was just like a couple of years before yeah. this, so. Like it, it This is that weird period where he was like showing up in horror movies like this, and the, the, uh, the haunting remake from a couple years later. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, it's it is cool because like watching this movie today, it does feel. I, I was I watched Adventures in Babysitting earlier this week. Oh, nice. That's another movie. Yeah. I, it's another one of those films that you could watch it in 1987, in that case, or in Anaconda's case, 1997, and see that. It matches a lot of the sensibilities of what audiences claim they're looking for today.
2: <laughs> yeah. It except does. without yeah.
0: beating you over the head with it. I mean, yeah, there's not much to J Lo's character, but what's important is, especially in ninety seven, she is a Latina, you know, mm-hmm. female lead of this monster movie. And of course we've seen like we're talking about Alien and Sigourney Weaver and all right. that stuff. But the idea of, you know, she's a document, like a a documentary filmmaker. Right. I think this like is her big
2: shot or something like that. I don't think she's been established yet. Right. No, but she's not. Well, she's made some short films, but this is her big thing because this is for National Geographic trying to document this lost tribe is why they initially went out there. Right. But this
0: is why this movie perfectly encapsulates what, quote unquote, representation in film should be. Mm -hmm. You put the actors up on screen having them do the stuff that are traditionally if you want to call them white parts and you don't fucking talk about it right. If this movie were made today you know ice Cube would be like well you know you're the the first latita you know documentary <laughs> filmmaker to ever go on the amazon and i'm the first black cameraman to ever go on the amazon yeah. you know we get that just by watching the film and we can right. for we can come for our own importance on it because that's what i was thinking about like wow this is big for 97 i didn't appreciate it back then i don't think a lot of people maybe appreciate it except for maybe the people in the target demographic are like, wow, right. I see myself on screen and it's a big deal to me, but it's not being made a big deal in this patronizing right. kind of sense.
2: It, it No, it, Anaconda, Anaconda was just marketed as a big snake horror film. I mean, the Anaconda was in the fucking trailer for crying out loud. So it's not like it was a surprise what it was going to look like. And, you know, you had J-Lo and Ice Cube. These, you know, some of the names in this were, were known. In pop culture, you know, had a big following or whatnot. And yeah, to get them in a film like this, you're right. There is representation in here. You got Danny Trejo, a young, a I, young Danny who I forgot was in this
0: film. I saw his name in the opening credits. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot he was in this. And then he's the he's like the the cold open kill.
2: Yeah. And he was
0: and he was clean shaven. I was like, wait, is that
2: that's wow he he yeah it's like he he doesn't have i think his mustache is he doesn't have his mustache and just by taking off the the you know the signature mustache it was hard and it being a younger danny trio it was hard to tell and he had a shirt on so you didn't see the tattoos either you know and it was dark when the snake was going after him and it was just like because otherwise, I'm like, where's Danny Trejo? And then I watched that opening teaser of like, oh, there he is, and there he goes. <laughs> well, the other the
0: other thing that's that's interesting is he's almost the Janet Lee of this movie, the, the Psycho, because <laughs> you you expect something of Danny Trejo, right? You know, when you see that he's in a picture, but this is the only time, and I haven't seen everything he's been in, but I've seen the iconic stuff, where he's played a character who's scared. Yeah. usually he's like the enforcer yeah. or the badass or the mercenary or whatever but in this one he's just a guy on the amazon on a boat by himself and the snake comes after him and he's so freaked out and scared and like you know the the floorboards are jumping up at him and he climbs up to the top of the uh the the whatever the hell you call it i don't know <laughs> the, the tower yeah the, the mast man. yeah and you know he blows his brains out because he's so scared i'm like if if the rest of the movie had maintained that surprise factor, I think it would have been a classic because it's a hell of an opening.
2: Oh, it's it's a hell of a dark opening, and it, it it'd be great if it had if it kept that dark tone. But it slides into, and I think I could use the word camp here. Uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, come on, you've got inside snake cam for Crayola, or is it because it's still taking itself too seriously that you can't call it? yeah it's not it's
0: there you know
2: yes i will give you the
0: inside mouth snake cam thing it's a bit campy (laughs) but it's not a camp film because it's just it does take itself seriously Mm -hmm. and you can watch it as a straightforward you know monster Mm -hmm. movie it's just not very scary or inventive it's it's kind of bland but that doesn't necessarily make it campy
2: um, yeah, Voight is Voight is the most uh, uh, Spicy ingredient in this Entire film otherwise all the characters are Yeah are pretty bland cookie cutter You've seen this Gathering of you know Different personalities on a boat On a project especially a film Project on the river Desert camp Whatever on a project to film A certain thing and they're all different Clashing personalities I mean you know it is very tropish there, but then you get this John Voigt character who just is this guy who you look at him the minute you meet him, you're like, leave him on the boat because our crew, <laughs> our film crew in Mateo boat, there he's taking him on the Amazon. They're gonna go find this ooh National Geographic, and then they come across John Voight on his broken boat, and I would have been like, you know what? We'll radio someone to come get you. Because the minute you see his character, you go, that's a shady fucker right there. (laughs) Well, I I will disagree there because the
0: the cool thing about his performance is he's kind of questionable. He's an eccentric. You get the sense that he's someone who's been out in the jungle way too long. But I didn't really get a sinister Mm -hmm. vibe from him until much later on. He's odd. You don't necessarily just leave odd people stranded in the jungle, right? <laughs> um, and that's the thing is I I'd forgotten, again, most of this movie. So I couldn't remember if he was like a bad, bad guy or if he was just like trying to survive and he did some things that, you know, he probably shouldn't have. No, he turns out to be a really nasty fucker. Um, but and when he makes that turn, what I love is that he's got that sneer, mm-hmm. like a perpetual sneer, like, <sighs> He's got that sneer when he's sleeping. There's a pa- there's a bit where it's panning across the boat, and I swear to God, he's sleeping in a cot. He's got that sneer on his face. The permanent voice sneer. So, <laughs> I But guess he, for- sneers, he sneers somehow in that accent.
2: Yeah. You can just tell that that that, that sneer is Paraguayan. It, it's an, it's a sneer, an accented sneer, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh... I got my lip raised, man. Yeah, what are you gonna <laughs> <do>? <laughs> Just a <laughs> <laughs> little Tony Montana. Dude, just yeah. hey, say hello to my not so little friend. Uh, <laughs> mm. That should have been the tagline for this movie. <laughs> that should have been the tagline. Uh, there, there's an interesting sequence in here because, yeah, the you know these folks end up getting stranded in the Amazon. Mateo, um, yeah, turns out Mateo knows Paul Cerrone and, uh, Void's character and they they are poachers. Uh, there's another boat they come across at some point where uh, uh, he, there's an article with him in it. It's like <laughs> Paul but uh, Sarod S- S- seems to leave his boats up and down the Amazon because this looks like this was his boat as well before because <laughs> he was looking for something specific and Mateo gets eaten by a snake and so they're stranded with the only guy who really knows the Amazon which is which is this shady guy and uh, when they realize he's not on the up and up and they're, they're feeling kind of, you know, they're being led by the psycho into something other than, uh, uh, you know, what he's saying his motivation is. They actually do this very interesting thing where they, they knock him out early. Uh, JLo lo uh, kicks in the feminine charms to try to uh, charm him. Uh, and she charms the snake, as it were. See, I was not going to say it. I went. It Leave was it right me. here. You've been on this show way too long because you read my thought. Because I was thinking it, and I almost said, "Well, to charm his snake," but I'm like, "No, no, we're not going to say that." But you did. Thank you. So now okay. i I don't have to take I don't have to take responsibility for that comment. But, <laughs> but then, you know, Ice Cube shows up, and uh, he's up to the ruse. He thinks. But then Jonathan Hyde's uh, British annoying guy is the third factor you don't realize, and they actually knock him out in a, in a wonderful knockout seed. I mean, I really liked how this seed played out actually.
0: <laughs> I liked it because there was a tough guy, one liner that almost like whizzes right by because our you know our British host guy, as you mentioned, he strikes the blow that knocks out John Vo. He does it with a golf club. And he says, that was an asshole in one. Yes. I'm like, did I just? I rewound. I'm like, yeah, he just fucking said that. Wow. He just,
2: he just dropped He dropped the one-liner. Yeah. It's just an off comment. And what's funny is it's said even off screen, so you don't even see him say it. It's it's, it's VO'd as they, you know, do the J-cut or whatever. From there, it's like VO'd over it. But a J-cut, J- is that like the butthole cut? No, that's, that's totally different. Hashtag oh. release the butthole cut of cats. Anyway. Um. Yeah, Jonathan Hyde is Warren Westridge because, of course, his name begins with the same letter.
0: <laughs> his first and oh, yes. last
2: name, Warren Westridge. But his his a character that warms up too. Though he he's inter- takes an interesting. Uh, they do. He's not upfront. Of course, he's a supporting character. But I like where he starts out as the annoying kind of oh, elite, whatever, actor or whatever. And by the end of it, he's sweating in the Amazon and just doing the work like everybody else, though. You know, they don't have, like, him still going, I'm just going to play golf. This is all beneath me. No, they're trapped in the Amazon. They lose their pilot. He knows how to pilot a boat. He's <laughs> he's piloting the boat. There is a great
0: scene, and it's only like a minute long, where he and Ice Cube are up in the cab of the boat, mm-hmm. and Westridge is like, you know, Ice Cube's like, how are you doing with this boat? And he's like, Oh, it's all that bad. Let me show you. And he shows him how to like steer it. And they have like this little moment together. Whereas at the beginning of the movie, they couldn't fucking stand, stand each other. Each other. Like this is really
2: nice. Yeah. Well, because uh, yeah, because Ice Cube's Danny character kept playing uh his music, which was distracting his golf game as he was continually this. It had to be an inside running joke. Uh, Warren Westridge is the worst golf player in the world because <laughs> he's got this net that he's supposed to be driving balls as he practices golf stroke and every single one of his golf balls misses the net. It either goes into the Amazon or too high. I don't think he got a single one in the net throughout the whole movie. And after a while, it looked like he abandoned the net and just started hitting them into the water.
0: It's okay. I mean, you know, yeah. not everyone can be John McEnroe. Wait,
2: that's a golfer, right? I don't know. <laughs> There's a um, <laughs> now you've now you've aged. Wait, that, oh, that, was yes. a, that, was tennis, that was a tennis. That's player. a tennis That's a tennis hell? tennis player. Jack Nichols, that, <laughs> Nichols?
0: <laughs> Jack Nick Jack Nicholas, yes. Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer, the, he the, makes great tea. The, my kid
2: drinks the, his tea the, all the time.
0: The, yeah, the, the tea and lemonade. Yeah. The tea and
2: lemonade golf guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? It's his legacy. Like Arnold. <laughs> You can tell we really follow these sports here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Got but, that
0: hole-in-one in tennis one time. Anyway.
2: <laughs> I think that's worth seven points. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> back to the, to the story. It's not hard to find. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's a straightforward story. What? Let's talk about our Anaconda here. Uh, what they do with it. They really try to make this Anaconda menacing and it, there's an interesting it's 97 so the effects we're in that weird range to where people are trying to start to do like jurassic park type stuff but not on that budget mm-hmm. and, and that's what you have here in anaconda because there are some many scenes with practical snake effects which look great and then there's the cgi snake which don't look great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the big, I think it's a trailer shot of when Voight is like climbing the ladder and then the snake like whips itself around and comes right up on him. And yeah. like, that's that's kind of dodgy. Um, I Again, I didn't see this thing in the theater, so I can't mm-hmm. put myself back in the 97 mind frame. Like, this looks amazing. That okay. might've been the reaction because again, my friends wouldn't stop talking about it. But watching it now, it's like, eh, I'd rather just watch the people
2: on the boat The the animatronic, the 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 practical effects snake stuff, I really liked. I thought they did really good work. You know that they were smart enough to use, and and this is where I was going to say, at least they were smart with the effects because there is not as much CGI as I remember being in this film, and it's because I think I remembered the bad CGI shots so much they stuck out. That that's what I remember. There isn't. There is actually a lot of practical effects in here, and they use them usually when they want to do a close-up of the snake mm-hmm. and that versus, you know, today you'd have CGI all the way through, but here for a low budget, lower budget film, because uh, most of the budget of this film, you could tell probably went to the cast um uh, on this, Uh but they were smart enough to where, okay, we're going to have shots where it's interacting close-up or mid shots with the talent. We're going to use puppets or we're going to use animatronics. And I'm glad they did that because it, it works at least better. I mean, there's even one shot near the end where the snake's on fire and it's still, it's still going. And I'm like, while it doesn't look the best, that's actually pretty sharp. It looks a lot better than if they would have just CGI that entire, you know, sequence. CGI I'm blowing out of the smokestack, but when he's trying to interact with the talent, it's a puppet on fire.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is good. I mean, especially the, the scenes where, got the close-up of the snake with the mouth open and everything and you got like I guess it's like the venom hole or whatever the hell that thing is uh I mean it looks really good it's sufficiently wet it doesn't look like it's made out of rubber (laughs) there are some kind of rubbery shots uh here but you know you can forgive the movie that because they didn't use real snakes thank god (laughs) yeah
2: Um, this this isn't like this isn't like (laughs) <laughs> where they used real snakes. There, are, there aren't real snakes used here, except maybe when they first blow the uh, uh, barricade that they run oh. across the river oh. barricade, which is a wonderful scene that was unexpected. And yes, it's a spoiler room, folks. Prepare yourself. But anyway, they're traveling along and. Uh, they've met up with Paul's character who's sending them on the Amazon. And he says, oh, I know where this tribe is. You know, I don't know. I can't do the accent. I don't even know. That yeah, was a little
0: Schwarzenegger. There. It was. I
2: know where the tribe is. Dog, oh, get,
0: could you imagine if he did that accent? <laughs> this would have been Oscar winning material. Get,
1: get to the tribe. Just get, get to the <laughs> tribe, dog. But, no. <laughs> it's a there's there's not a, a cobra it's not a cobra <laughs> it's, it's an anaconda nah, 30 feet long dad <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's oh. just a baby he's not even bite you only get him already swallowing your finger <laughs> we we've got to do
0: the anaconda Schwarzenegger void dub that has to be a thing <laughs> it's
2: just- Dub all of voice lines with only his just his. Everybody else is the same. Just, just him. The the anaconda. The Arnie cut. Uh, Arnie Conda. (laughs) Arnie Arnie Conda. Arnie Conda. (laughs) Here we go. Copyright spoiler room. The Arnie Conda. (laughs) (laughs) Or or have the snake do all nothing but Arnie voices every time it's open. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I go bite you now.
2: (laughs) Suddenly, the film just so much better.
1: Let's let's
0: end the show and just let's go start making that right now.
2: (laughs) Make the (laughs) Arnie (laughs) Conda. Oh, you're picturing it now too. You're picturing. (coughs) But uh, (laughs) back to this river barricade where they blow it up and all these snakes fall and they like throw like the entire snake cast of snakes on a plane is on this one scene. It's like, it's like, where were these snakes? Because they didn't like set it up to where you could kind of see the snakes on the barricade at all or anything. No, not until they blow it up and it just raided snakes.
0: Well, I got, I think that's the thing. I got the feeling this wall was there. This dam or whatever it was and it was kind of keeping the, like this it was a forming a barricade to keep the snakes in
2: oh yeah so that i i got be, the feeling like
0: yeah. and especially if you're gonna blow stuff up it's gonna carry debris everywhere if there's snakes hanging out on the wall or nearby True. it's gonna rain them down but yeah it is a creepy scene because it's it's creepy because they're not like all like baby killer anaconda snakes. They're just like jungle snakes, Yeah. but you see them. It's kind of like, uh, in snakes on the plane when they first start falling out of like the overhead, the, computer, comp- yeah. the overhead compartments, the, the oxygen mask things like they're mm-hmm. coming out of these random places you don't
2: expect. And that makes it creepy. It's like everybody's worst nightmare. Right? It is creepy. And actually, as much as we joke about the special effects, the, the CGI, there's one bit in here where the cgi actually looks really good uh our guy warren westridge is holding a baby anaconda who immediately is trying to swallow his finger and it's a cgi it that bit looked really good you're just like wow
0: (laughs) yeah and he just has it on there. And John Voigt's like looking at it and like kind of, you know, being amused and everything like, no, seriously, take that thing off of his. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. i are you doing? I'm Like anybody, anybody, are you going to remove it from your finger? Is anybody going to, are we just going to sit there fascinated as it tries to digest your index finger? And he's like, dog, you know, dog babies. They're, they're, they're,
1: they're still lethal at the young age. <laughs>
2: I can't do his accent, so I'm just gonna do his lines as Arnold. I'm sorry.
0: No, the problem is you've got the title down below us here, yeah, and I, I can know. I can't read it as Anaconda anymore. I'm just reading it as Arnyconda. Yeah. God, but no, that would have been killer if like the whole the rest of the movie was just this small snake like slowly digesting Westridge, <laughs> like from the pinky out. It just keeps eating. as suddenly he's got no hand as it's grown. <laughs> well, I mean, later. <laughs> well, later we get the owen wilson uh you know he gets eaten by the the anaconda we got that great cgi scene under the water of like Mm -hmm. you see the snake and then you see like the giant lump of the body and then you see owen wilson's head kind of like friday the 13th jason lives style like the impression of his Face like in the snake's body, I'm like, oh, that's that's
2: beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's there's some beautiful effect shots in here. Like I said, there I only only remember when I first because I watched it a few times. I remember the the bad CGI shots, but watching it, I'm like, there's actually a, a lot of decent effect shots in here. A lot of them involving practical or the way they light it or whatnot. You know, they handle it. I although to this day I'm still I'm still flabbergasted by the Internal shot. That as you get to the climax of the film, you know people have been dropping off and becoming victims of an anaconda, and uh, you think they've eliminated the threat with one anaconda attack. Uh, who's attacking uh Danny Ice Cube's character? Uh, they shoot it, and you think that's dead, but then there's another bigger anaconda that's out in the the lake uh, that you know just suddenly shows up here. And, uh, you know, we've got John Voight's character who's a bad guy. He he captures uh, Danny and Terry, Jennifer and Ice Cube. He, they're the last two because they got the top billing on the poster. So <laughs> uh, what? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, it's it's just so it's so true. I mean, like, if you
0: wonder who's going to be the, the final girl and guy, it's yeah, that's them. It,
2: it's the top billing. So he's got them wrapped up to be at a bait. And then Anaconda shows up, and, and well, yeah, he he dispatches the bad guy, but we don't just get the Anaconda eating the bad guy from the outside. We cut to this, like, out-of-nowhere shot of this POV shot from, like, the the, the inside of the Anaconda as it eats John Voight's character. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) I'm like, why why do we do this now? Why, you know? Well, there was there was a
0: similar no i'm ge- i'm remembering this wrong i know but there was a very similar scene in jaws where quint gets eaten right by the yeah. shark you kind of i don't remember if it was from inside the shark's mouth but you definitely see him sliding down that kind of the wreckage into his it, mouth it's So i think next that's still what they were- it
2: was yeah it was next to jaws and maybe again that's what they're going for because there is a jaws vibe to this i mean mm-hmm. you you could literally overlay the jaws theme for some of the scenes when you're doing the POV of the snake, we don't get snake vision, like in snakes on a plane, which, you know, that's okay. But the camera, you get the idea of the way it's moving. Oh, this is the snake view. You know, especially when we get the opening to where we don't see the snake, the camera, you are the snake chasing Danny Trejo. Um, you could easily overlay the jaws theme for it. And it'd probably work. <laughs> the dude, dude, dude.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's all right. It's it's cheesy. the The thing about this climax, where J Lo and Ice Cube, they before they get captured, they wander into this. I can't remember what what is this facility that they're it's in? This like, wood shack. It's an, it, an
2: old factory. It looks like yeah. sort. It's like this There's old a giant
0: smokestack, and yeah, yeah, it looks
2: like it was an old, like a really old, like a, a factory or a processing, you know, resources or something was done at this location it was hard to tell what it was for uh exactly but well because the thing is like i noticed
0: <clears throat> when they walk in i noticed j-lo's tank top because who wouldn't i'm like <laughs> usually by the end of these movies like the heroine is always in a tank top yeah and it's usually a white tank top mm-hmm. so that by the end you can see all the blood and soot mm-hmm. and grime on it <clears throat> to so- show that she's been through some shit i'm like Wait, her tank top is perfectly clean. Yeah. And she and Ice Cube are completely dry. They just got out of the water.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was hot. It's hot in the Amazon. It dries you quickly. That sun just like, boom. You know, you don't need to bring a towel when you go swimming in the Amazon. If you can avoid the piranhas and the anacondas and the leeches, uh, when you get out of the water, it's so hot. Boom. The air just, (laughs) boom. You're dry like that. That's what happens. I mean, uh, you know uh, i i'm going to trust the science on this one and say yeah you're right it's, it's science it's 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 totally science it wasn't because they shot the scene later on and didn't think of of dousing them in water no it 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 was a long walk to the, from the shore of the river that 100 feet to the door if that maybe 20 yeah. feet <laughs> yeah you know they might have been out there for a while some time may have passed you don't know
0: You'd think there would be at least some condensation on Ice Cube because he's got to be melting in there. Oh, Ooh. wow. Sorry. Wow, <laughs> there it is. There it
2: is. Waiting for one of those. <laughs> you know what I love about the credits is there's a gentleman named Frank Welker who yeah. is credited as Anaconda's voice. The, wait. I didn't even catch that. You you know who Frank Welker is, right? Uh, name's familiar, I don't remember offhand, but it's been a long day, so I probably Shaggy.
0: Uh, I don't know if he did Shaggy, but um, no, Shaggy was Casey Kasem. That was Casey Kasem, but hey, Scoob. Yeah. Um, no, Frank Welker did like he was the huge voice guy in animation, mm. um, back in the 80s. Like we were talking about uh, Transformers the movie before you know, during the right. pre show, he did a bunch of voices for that um yeah if you if you look up his credits he's
2: he he did do scooby as uh, in the scooby-doo movies that's where i recognize the name from because my kids got a shit ton of them when we when our kids were young we were like yeah you want to watch scooby-doo yeah (laughs) no it's not for us we'll watch scooby-doo together Mm -hmm. yeah no you're interested in it that's that's exactly how you do that that's
0: but, yeah, look up Frank Welker's credits someday, and you're like, is there any voice that he has not done?
2: <laughs> He's credited as the voice of the anaconda. The... What fucking voice? I mean... <laughs> you missed the monologue that it gave.
1: Uh, <laughs> wait, where's what? <laughs> I live in the jungle, the top jungle, and the anaconda. <laughs> I was out here. The predator couldn't kill me. The... <laughs> The army couldn't kill me. You can't kill me. I'm going to get you, Paul Saron.
0: <laughs> there is a world where fucking Dutch world. gets on that helicopter. The helicopter is downed by another predator ship. They take him aboard, do genetic experiments on him, turn him into a snake, snake. and then drop him back off in 1997. That's right. And he becomes the arniconda.
2: The arniconda. <laughs>
1: Oh, shit. There's your pre
0: title uh, (laughs) card there. There's your pre
2: (laughs) title. Wow. Oh, Arnie. That's just going to stay with me for a while. I've ruined the movie, too, because I've just seen nothing but Arnie (laughs) Conda. Oh, you've made it a 100 times better. What are you talking about? That's that's true. (laughs) Uh, Oh, uh, InfoBob mentions a slightly better film beginning with about a predatory amphibian is Alligator. And then he mentioned Owen Wilson getting eaten. I need to see this film again, because who doesn't want to watch Owen Wilson get eaten by a giant anaconda? And uh, he also mentioned, wow, (laughs) J-Lo doesn't believe in continuity. Neither did the director, apparently. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) See, now that would have been great. As, As Owen Wilson was getting eaten, that's where you cut to the inside of the anaconda. And he's looking around going, <laughs> as he's as he's getting eaten uh <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think welker did do gizmo in gremlins you're absolutely right uh, uh or, or, one, of voices, or was, uh, one of the voices howie mandel that was one of the voices i think gremlins, welker did stripe that was, uh, stripe that's what it was yeah yeah that's right because it was howie mandel did did uh, uh the
1: Mogwall. <laughs>
2: I'm a <laughs> no but yeah this um. no this isn't a, a deep film it's just interesting to see uh you know for j-lo you know the films she's chosen in her career uh one can at least say that she never sticks to one genre though she has been in a lot of rom-coms because she was in this she was in the cell which are <laughs> interesting you know uh differences <laughs> you go from Crazy, you know, giant monster film to a really wild film, which we covered earlier this year, uh, last month, or yeah.
0: Um, well, there's two, um, I mean, charting her trajectory, she started out in Selena in '95, right. yep. I think mm-hmm. that's the movie that really put her on the map, right? Uh, and then in '98, she was in one of my favorite movies, Steven Soderbergh's Out of Sight with George Clooney. Oh, that's right, yeah, and that's that's what's really cool about it's what's cool about JLo and what's kind of frustrating about her career is she started off in all these really interesting different kinds of movies, but then she got popular. And I think the cross between that and the music and like, Oh, she should be in like, you know, wide appeal, romantic mm-hmm. comedies. And then she was doing that for like a decade. <laughs> well, and then earlier this year, she came back with Owen Wilson in uh Oh my God, I didn't even put that together, but they're in that, bad rom- rom-com marry me from like
2: Fair oh Park. yeah the one where she plays a pop star and and she ends up just
0: yeah he it's ends a, up holding would have a been,
2: sign and yeah right
0: it would have been that movie would have been so much better if and nothing against J-Lo but it needed to be played by someone half her age Um <laughs> just, just because the character acts like someone who is 22 years old and a not younger pop star who, yeah right and we're supposed to believe that she is J-Lo essentially but the character is written as, you know, a, right. a TikToker.
2: <laughs> well, see, and it's interesting because she'll do a char- you know, movie like that. She'll do a movie like Anaconda. But then you see her in The Cell. You see her in Steve Soberg's character. You see her in a movie like Hustlers, which I loved her. I in. still haven't seen that. I heard really good things about I, her, I her loved, specifically. I loved her performance in Hustlers. She was really good in that. And it's just interesting to see the films that she you know she takes like you said her trajectory of her acting career has been really interesting uh to where yeah you you get the literally cookie cutter rom-coms to where just insert you know take this formula okay we're going to change the setting and the names and you know okay let's borrow from this hallmark script boom there you go there's a new uh you know where she was doing now granted. Money, you know, it makes money. So there you go. Sure. I mean, you know, they're going to the, the paycheck. Heck, you know, Uh, but with Anaconda, it is interesting. You're right. While her character may not be the best written, it, it pretty generic. It's still interesting to have her cast in this role where, like you said, you easily could have gone to a different actress or anybody. You know, it could. But but they have her. They put some names. You could tell they were trying to build this up. As a movie, because of the, the the talent that they have in here, the names that they have in here, uh, they were really trying to make this a big thing, and it didn't quite do well. I don't think when it came th- out or did. It I thought well? it was.
0: I thought it was pretty big. I, I don't know. I could be misremembering it, but um, I, I thought the,
2: it grabbed more of a cult following and uh, uh, um, rental.
0: <laughs> is that true?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I I unfortunately did not look that up. I do apologize, folks. Uh, well I you fail. should be you I, should I be fail. ashamed of yourself i huh. fail as a podcast host i don't have that information handy and, and that's why you know i understand listeners are too turning off now no um <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh okay um
0: yeah the film received and this is wikipedia so it's gospel truth the film received mostly negative reviews but was a box office success grossing 136.8 million dollars <laughs>
2: worldwide
0: against a 45 million dollar budget so yeah it was it was not it wasn't like didn't set the world on fire but it made its money back and then some um but it's funny because there's a line in this movie that j-lo says as the documentarian this film was supposed to be my big break turned out to be a big disaster (laughs) like oh that's a little on (laughs) the nose
2: it was a little a little too much too much on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting uh, trivia tidbits, because from Ibidim, of course, so it's gospel truth as well. Um, but uh, I guess the CGI for the Anacondas cost $100,000 per second. Per second? <laughs> per second. hundred.
0: Wow. Well, uh... this is also 1996, 97, so you're... <laughs> it's like yeah. 20 bucks nowadays. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, you know, as much as we've talked about how up and down it is and, and how questionable, like, quality and the way it's written, I found still a lot of entertainment in it, watching it again. It, it's one of those to where it's watchable. It's one that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to stay engrossed, but this is like a good party film. This is like a good film you put on. You could sit with a group of folks, eat popcorn and talk while you're watching it because it, it's nothing like heavy or deep, but it's very it's got it's got enough entertaining moments spread throughout and interesting moments that I think there's a lot of entertainment to be had here. Even if it's not really the best crafted film or the best written film, I find entertainment in here. What about you? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, thing is, it's perfectly fine if you haven't seen the other half dozen movies that it's ripped off. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fine movie, I think, elevated by again, John Voight's performance. And frankly, Jennifer Lopez, because here's the thing, like she's, not exactly eye candy, but she is beautiful. And who is the who's the director of of Anaconda? Who who made this thing?
2: Uh, I forgot the name of it offhand. Hold on, Hold a on. I but got right it right here. I... Ha ha, Luis Llosa.
0: Okay, Leosa. Uh, he was Louis. Le, Le, Mr. Llosa was uh, obviously in love with J Lo. I mean, who wasn't? Because the way that he photographs, her, or the or the DP does, I mean, she's just yeah, she's amazing looking in this movie. And she gives a good performance. So it's a great kind of showcase. It's almost like here's the person that we want to make into a star. This is a star vehicle. He in a classic yeah. sense.
2: Yeah, he did, he did, she was shot in a way to where this was supposed this was to feature her. You're absolutely right. The way the way he he handled the scenes and the framing and everything whenever she was on screen. But not in
0: the way that Michael Bay tried to make Megan Fox a star. No, And like no, the first two transformers where the no. camera is like literally up her ass. Yeah. Um, you know, which this she, is yeah. This tasteful, yeah.
2: Yeah, which she did in three movies. And when Megan Fox was in, in his film, he took the next actress in one of the early shots is a shot up, you know, up the stairs with her <laughs> but he's
0: just trying to stay consistent with the narrative that he'd established in the previous <laughs> stage of film. it's his visual that's narrative that's yeah, right it's, it's
2: style he's, he's going back to his film school and staying consistent in his visual narrative with the sequels uh, <laughs> sure uh, yeah the director of this also directed uh sniper and the specialist uh before anaconda so oh this, wow yeah. yeah this was one of his last films that he directed actually uh, which is interesting um yeah actually he didn't direct another film for like eight years uh he directed then la fiesta uh, del Chivo. uh Echivo. uh so he directed that and uh he was an associate producer for death race 2050 which i got to do an interview with the uh director of that a long time ago a while ago so uh look for that on our on our um uh <laughs> on our our uh, podcast channel and Infobomb here dropping he says uh you forgot money train and Jack I- yeah yeah uh, those are another films but I-, I just remember her and hustler being re- hustlers being really good and he goes doesn't J-Lo marry anyone and everyone no she is she is particular and she's back with you know we've got we've got uh Bo or whatever it is or whatever benefer ben- again benifer, benifer 2.0 yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've got that, you know, they've, they've come full circle again. It's,
0: well, it's, but it's also like, kind of like Batfleck's career because like he was Batman and then he wasn't, and now he's going to be Batman again, apparently.
2: So it's, yeah, it's, it's like the J-Lo loves remake. effect. J-Lo there. talked him into being Batman again. Um, and he's just Batfleck from the block. <laughs> oh, wow. Eddie, he, he goes, she ought to be a Kardashian. No, I, I would say no, there's enough Kardashians and J-Lo has more talent. Uh, than them she's a very talented individual i, I would say. i've
0: seen some of kim's movies anyway
2: um... <laughs> you know yeah we don't want to know what you watch in your your spare time there <laughs> i
0: i do want to say something related to the kardashians yeah. i saw this great photo on facebook it was like one of those celebrity like gossip things yeah. it was like a flashback to i think it was when it was either kendall or kylie jenner one of the the younger kardashian daughters apparently went on a date with jaden smith like a long time ago oh yeah yeah, and there was a yeah there's a picture of the two of them coming out of a movie theater and the caption was notice that kendall's foundation is all over jaden smith's face and you're like Oh, shit. That's right. Because her face kind of has that like bronze, like yeah. that, that foundation yeah. stuff they put all over their face, and you see it's all over his face. So <laughs> you can you know, tell they were not watching that
2: movie. <laughs> they, they were not watching that movie at all. Well, you know, and I just said, I said Kardashian. That's the trick in me. It's Kardashian. Uh, I always wanted to see a TV <laughs> show called Keeping Up with the, Cardassians. the Kardashians. Man, that would be great. You have Garrick. In there, yeah. <laughs> just have the Cardassians from from, and it'd be on the set of DS Nine. It'd be like telling the story, the, the whole season from their perspective. It'd just be keeping up with the Cardassians. That would yeah. Be cool. You could still use the same costumes and makeup. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, it, Infobomb also said that uh, Carrie were merited a better shot at stardom. Um, yeah, you know, in Anaconda again, she she's a supporting role. She doesn't play around. She is not seen too much outside of. Uh, uh, warding off a horny Owen Wilson uh, in here. But you're right. I mean, she does get the, she does sell the death pretty good. And she uh, she does get a little bit of acting, just uh, a chance to act before she gets killed uh, with Void's character. Um, She's one of those actresses that I
0: remember being like kind of big or big-ish, like in a lot of things in the 90s. And so when I watch Anaconda, Anaconda again, I'm like, it's kind of like when I watch something, anything from the mid 90s and like, oh, shit, that's right. Tommy Lee Jones was in everything. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was huge for like a decade.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She shows up. At a, she shows up in a lot of films. She showed up in a lot of films, just couldn't. I don't think she ever could quite just get that far, you know, but her name was known. She was she was definitely uh, uh, usually in the supporting cast, though. And then she'd go on to do voice acting work. She's still doing that uh, today, mm. apparently uh you know she was in sliders uh, which uh, everybody uh, knew her from uh, the most which i liked sliders quite a bit oh, yeah. it was an odd show but that was a fun show and not just because we got to see a lot more john ray's davies uh though <laughs> so he's one of the main reasons i watched it i, I watch him at anything and so I'm like oh hey he's in this so, <laughs> uh but yeah anaconda uh not a deep film entertaining it was in all honesty better than I remember it watching it again for the show now. Um and and it's a monster film, it's your, your 90s monster film. Uh you know, they they created a number of sequels, most of them direct to video after this. Oh yeah, there was uh was it Anaconda? Let me pull it up quick. I think it's anaconda two, and then there's anaconda's blood orchid. Um I, I'm not I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I am not fully. Yeah, they they made a number of Anaconda films after this one. Uh, Anaconda films. Uh, yeah, there's uh there is four of them altogether. So in ninety seven they made Anaconda, and then in two thousand four they made Anacondas with a plural, and that was I believe a hunt for the blood orchid. Yeah, and then Anaconda three, which was Offspring. And then Anacondas, again, plural, trail of blood. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, and I then ref- there was, that's right, that there was Lake Placid versus Anaconda. I forgot, they did do that. It was the, like, fourth Lake Placid film or whatever. But yeah, they did Lake Placid uh, versus Anaconda. They had the, the big gator versus, versus...
0: <laughs> seriously, Mark, reflexively, I almost put my hand, my fist through my second laptop when you (laughs) said that. I was like, what am I doing?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, those exist. (laughs) My favorite
0: anaconda anecdote, my anacondote is a friend of mine in college, she was telling me she had this dumb friend, they were going to go out to the movies, and my friend said, you want to go to the art cinema and watch Anna Karenina, the film based on the Leo Tolstoy novel. Yeah. And the dumb friend says, I don't like giant snake movies.
2: <laughs> nice. uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's just like the two towers. Yeah. The two towers person behind us in the mm-hmm. movie theater. I, I did. I never tell I, you that story. I don't, no. you might,
0: you, you might have. My memory is okay. pathetic. So tell Part, me again.
2: Pardon me for repeating the story. I've probably done it a number of times on this show. It's still quite amusing. It's one of those moments in theaters that why I enjoy going to the theaters. My wife and I are sitting there. We're, I think it's X Men 2, uh, we were going to go see. Yeah, because that was when the crazy guy was sitting next to us. Uh, but before that, there was a couple sitting behind us, and they show the Lord of the Rings 2 Towers trailer they show trolls they show you know gandalf they show magic happening they show you know all this fantasy stuff the the battle and you know in the dwarf uh, halls and all that belrog you know all that and then they do the title lord of the rings the two towers do, 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 do. and the girl the the woman behind us with her date goes they made a movie about that already and he goes no no honey that's lord of the rings two towers not the trade center. But he didn't miss a beat. I love the man because he didn't miss a beat. He said it in the most kind tone, like not kind of thing, just informing her. And my wife and I are just trying not to laugh so hard going, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But she, in all honesty, legitimately, was like, they made a movie about that already? And, like, he's just done this many times before. The guy's just like, no, dear, that's just Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And she's like, oh.
0: <laughs> that had to have been some amazing sex. Because <laughs> if that had been my date, the next words out of my mouth would have been, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, <laughs> I'm leaving. Did you? Did she think like dragons
2: took down Tower Two? What the? Fuck? I don't I, I? To this day, I've never understood. I've never been able to draw the dots to try to connect outside of insane two towers. I have not been able to draw any dots from that trailer to the Trade Center tragedy. I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine a couple years
0: later when that Oliver Stone—I think it was him—that Nicholas Cage movie, yeah, World yeah. Trade Center, came out. That same girl went on to the theater and saw the trailer and was like, "Where are the wizards?
2: <laughs> the wizard? Where's the troll?" I thought this was the sequel to Lord of the Rings. No, no, dear, this is about the trade towers. Oh, <laughs> same same conversation years later. <laughs> What vital bit with Anacondas, Anacondas, a trail of blood, the fourth film talking about uh, John Rhys Davies. He was in that. So there you go. So it all, it all comes around.
0: Was he also playing a Paraguayan uh, jungle (laughs) snake hunter? He he played a character
2: named Murdoch. I I remember watching this once and never again. It was, yeah, it's (laughs) Crystal Allen played Amanda Haight. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not good. There was a reason why it was direct-to-video. So, and they're going to put us direct-to-video here. Uh, we're going to end the show. Uh, Ian, would you recommend Anaconda for folks to watch at all?
0: I would. I mean, it's not the greatest movie, but it's not terrible. I, I, It's something to watch, I think, for the performances, especially if you missed it somehow 25 years ago. It's really kind of a trip to watch it and see this perfect 1990s time capsule not only the the movie the cgi the type of movie it is but also just to see these young actors like yeah this is an unknown owen wilson pretty much and um yeah it's it's a it's a cool movie um that's all i'll say (laughs) yes i would recommend it it. it
2: it's a fun movie it's an entertaining popcorn escape film nothing too deep like i said you could watch it with a group at a party or whatnot and just kind of chuckle at it or whatnot have it on even in the background or whatnot necessarily but it is entertaining and if you were from the nineties or grew up, you'll recognize pretty much all the faces in here. Uh, and it is a time capsule to that period of time. That was just really an interesting transition for not only comic book films, but horror films as well. And, and everything, the, the late nineties was really interesting in films the scenes. Hollywood try to find its way after the, you know, the, the second golden age of eighties films, you know, uh, so yeah there you have it folks anaconda hope you enjoyed that uh just a reminder that next month is c for camp month head over to specialmarkproductions.com where you can see our schedule for what four films the last four films of 2022 we will be covering which will be definitely interesting we'll have a couple of guest crew members and now this is always the point of the show where i give uh, my guests the license to shill so ian by all means The floor is yours.
0: Why, thank you. I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. You can also find Kicking the Seat on YouTube. uh, where We do interviews, reviews, roundtables, all that good stuff. Uh, In fact, I just did a review with my friend Cole about Adventures in Babysitting, which I mentioned earlier on the show tonight. So check it out. And if you like it, like and subscribe. But make sure that you like and subscribe to The Spoiler Room and Special Mark Productions if you haven't done so for whatever reason. Shame on you. (laughs)
2: Yeah, we've got some interesting things come up. I just finished last night recording an interview with a Donald Farmer, gentleman who's been making uh, exploitation and indie films for many years, 38 fil- years, in fact. Wow. Uh, he had some wonderful stories. It was a great conversation. Unfortunately, Spectrum Internet decided to cut out two minutes before I was going to end the interview, but he was very understanding. I very much appreciate his patience with that technical technological issue uh but it was just some great conversations he gave not only about his film that he just came out with debbie does demons which is not the type of film you think it is uh but also just stuff about his past experiences in that uh it was it was so much fun to talk to him i could have probably talked to him forever and my internet not cut out because uh yeah he just had a lot of great Stories, uh, so look for that soon, folks. And one last comment here from InfoBomb. He said, uh, the person <laughs> in the audience who thought the two towers was about uh the trade center and not Lord of the Rings, he said, sounds like that person might be familiar with the Dotsevsky tale, The Idiot. So there you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't ever call a person that, but you know, that's that's I little... I would. That person was an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> 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 and uh one last plug folks help us decide what we're going to cover we've got a perfect 10 next year the spoiler room turns 10 years old can you dig it i can't believe you people are coming back and listening thank you so much i, I love every single one of our listeners uh, as we are now move to anchor.fm and rebuild our audience of sorts but yes help us uh decide what 12 films from 2010 we will be covering for our perfect 10 special series next year you mean for Uh, 2013 2013 excuse me okay yes (laughs) we're in 2012 2013 There's are a list of films. There's a link right on the Special Mark Productions page where you can go to a poll and pick 12 films from 2013. And the top 12 votes are the films that we are going to cover. One of them, it looks like in the strong running, is one we have had on the show before, but there's nothing wrong with a revisit, especially almost 10 years later since we did that episode. So it'll be very interesting to uh uh, see if opinions change at all about the movie but yeah go over do the poll uh we thank you for listening and your support and now we'll just say good good night everyone good night see (laughs) you later alligator no wait that was anaconda late classic versus anaconda get your sequels right sequels (laughs) Hey, all my friends out there looking for more Spoiler Room goodness, then why don't you check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive Spoiler Room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the Spoiler Room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.